Welcome back to Real Vegas Junkies. I'm your host for today's podcast, George Carmona. And today I am with a Vegas legend, the problem solver, David Kohlmeyer. How's it going, man? Great. Glad to be here. Thank you, George, for allowing me to be here sitting in this beautiful chair at Sticky Pot Studio. It is. It's a. It is a beautiful chair. You know, these aren't the cheap ones. Uh, you know, we invest. We invest in some good chairs here. But this podcast, I really just want to focus on you and all the things that uh, you've brought to the community of Las Vegas. Uh, you were a retired police officer from New York. Then you came down and worked for the Henderson Police Department. Um, let's focus on that second half of the career, though. Once you retired from the police department, what have you done since then to, to benefit the city of Las Vegas? You know, as a New York City police officer, it's very embedded to always have a union delegate and an attorney with you. God forbid there's some type of allegation or some type of a complaint against you. Um, just like if you're a teacher, right, you know, in New York City, at least, there was always like a union rep. So mm -hmm. New York City is very big with unions and having representation so that you basically don't get screwed over by what we call the system. Some people believe that there is no system, that it's made up in some of an employee's mindset, right? Mm -hmm. But the truth of the matter is um, sometimes there is a, a big system in play or people can like you or dislike you and some people want to get you in trouble and sometimes the community wants to basically make complaints and so on. So having an attorney and having a labor representative has really been embedded in a lot of the New York City um, employment. You know, when you work for the city, yeah. you always have that right to an appeal. You have, you know, representation and you have the right to fight for your job. God forbid someone makes an accusation. So as a New York State police officer, I, you know, learned it real quickly, right? Need a, a union rep, need an attorney if something, if someone makes a comment about your statement or said you did something wrong. So mm -hmm. I've always been very pro-attorney because I was like, wow, the attorney is going to help save my job, help save my ass, basically, Absolutely. if someone makes an allegation. So over the years, always been pro-attorney. And then when I retired from policing, even uh, with Henderson, I was doing a lot of union stuff. And I was like, you know what? Maybe I should work for a law firm. Maybe I should you know, be a representative, what we call a case manager, someone helping you know, that other person, just like a union rep. Mm -hmm. And so I started working in a criminal defense law firm, which is very unusual because I, I'm a police officer right at heart. Right. You know? So you know, a lot of people were very negative, like, oh, he went to the dark side. But I always believe mm -hmm. in representation for anybody whatsoever, and we have the right to an attorney, just like the Miranda rights. You have the right to have an attorney present by your side You know, if you basically have... An, an allegation against you. So anyway, I started working for law firms because of that, um, the NYPD, you know, the employment aspect of having representation. Yeah, no, that's very interesting. I taught special education and that was pushed down our throats pretty hard when I first started was that you never know what, what parent it's going to be that takes you to court and you need that union on your side because that representation is just so expensive. Um, exactly. And so you've gotten to see the good side and the bad side. You did say people were telling you you went to the, the, the dark side for a little bit there. Um, any interesting stories uh, that, you know, you can shed light on as far as like, oh, my goodness, I, I worked with criminals for so long. I know you're a criminal. Are you able were you able to like decipher with uh, the people that were coming in pretty quickly, like people that seriously were being truthful and then the other people that, you know. You know, most of the people that would come in normally would have a DUI or domestic battery relationship. So to me, like that could happen to anybody, right? It could happen to myself as well. And then, you know, the interaction with police officers as well always comes up, right? Like, 
oh, the officer didn't ask me questions. The officer didn't take my statement. The officer, right? It was always mm-hmm. the officer did something wrong. But most people just don't know how the police officers work or they don't need a witness statement. They don't need to add, you know, give you Miranda rights if you're not in custody and you're not free to leave. And, you know, depending upon, you know, um, uh, the contact that the officer's in, right? Mm-hmm. So sometimes you're not free to leave and then you have to read Miranda rights. But if you're free to leave and I'm just, it's a consensual stop. So I always say, you know, what stop you know, are you in with that officer? And most people are just not educated. Is it a consensual stop? Is it, you know, um, reasonable suspicion stop? Is mm-hmm. it a probable cause stop, right? But who who learns that in school? Like, no one teaches that in, Definitely. in first grade. So <clears throat> the problem with our society is, is that we watch all these police videos these days, right? Mm-hmm. And, and some of them don't look great, but, like, what's the stop? Like, did they stop the person for the fact that they just robbed a store? You know, where they're just breaking the glass and they ran out with all the stuff or or basically just consensual. Like, hey, how you doing? You know, just want to see how your day was and which would be more consensual that you're free Mm -hmm. to leave. So the bottom line is, is that when I met people, DUI, domestic battery, most people, good people made a mistake. Right. Mm -hmm. They got into a fight with their wife. It got out out of hand. A lot of times it's financial. Sometimes it's about sex. Sometimes it's about kids. Right. Mm -hmm. The three things that we say people fight about is basically sex, money and kids. Mm. Did you know that? No, uh, which I mean, one it makes you, sense. Which one do you fight about with your girlfriend? Definitely. Because you guys always seem so happy on social media, but there has to be a fight once in a blue moon. I guess we don't have kids yet. And okay. so like Take our, you know, uh, mm, can you add time into there? Yeah, I guess so. Yeah, time, I would say right now is... Well, I guess time goes with kids, too. Gotcha. If you had kids, right? It's about yeah. time and spending time with, with your those loved kids. One, yeah. Yes, yes. So yeah, that definitely fits mm-hmm. that category. But so you, you're approaching it from more of like that educational perspective and wanting to shed light on some of the things that people should know. Um, what have you done in Las Vegas to like extend yourself as a community resource? I mean, I, I labeled yourself as a problem solver. Um, you have an extensive website. Go into what people can find on that website. You know, my, my whole process was when I retired from police and I still wanted to kind of continue uh, being a ref, you know a resource to help people right like even though I can talk to people and make them understand the the process of dealing and interacting with the police but my goal was to really help solve a problem again comes back from NYPD roots it's not about always arresting people taking people to jail it's about solving problems mm-hmm. and that's what I did as a New York City police officer walking a beat which is walking a footpost you know is when you start out and you interact with people and you solve their problems right it's not always about arresting people right it's not always about getting physical the biggest thing for a police officer is not to get hurt, not to get killed right. in the 20-year career that they have. And fortunately, you know, just to survive a career of 20 years, I did 17. I was able to medically retire a little bit earlier. But the bottom line is to survive 20 years and, and be okay is a big deal. Yeah. But helping people is the problem solver, which I called myself, is um, the funny thing about it is the way that I was uh, nicknamed the problem solver, it was actually kind of negative. Um, mm. When I worked in the police department in Henderson, some of the guys would say, oh, like, what is Colmeyer? And we go by last name. Like, what is Colmeyer doing over there? Like, is, is there a crime? Is there domestic battery? DUI? No. Like, what's mm-hmm. going on? Like, oh, he's trying to solve everyone's problems. You know, so we're kind of being mocked a little bit that I was spending a little bit too much too time. Much personal time. And in the police culture, the goal is to kind of, you know, to clear what we call a call for service, right? Someone calling the police mm-hmm. and then be available for the next call. If you were taking too long on a call for service, they would say, oh, he's just looking not to work on the next call for service, right? Got it. So it became like a cultural thing. So even if I spent an extra minute or two, on the most part, I was still listening to see if I was needed you know, somewhere else in my, they call it a sector, right? In your mm-hmm. area. So you know, culture-wise, you never want another cop to basically take any type of work in your sector because you're responsible for that area, right? Correct. Which, so it becomes very cultural, you know, mm-hmm. in general, like... 
So the long story short is I wanted to solve the problem so I don't have to come back there the next day, the next month, also preventing a murder or something from taking place. So my main thing is spend the extra minute, solve the problem, refer them to the right resources so that you don't need to come back there to, mm-hmm. and then you actually have less calls for service in your area. So you, you should look like a hero. Like, look, my area that I work, which is sector B for like Baker, is there's less crime. The crime's down 43%. So, but most cops basically don't really see it that way. They're just like, all right, there's no crime. Let, let's move on. Mm. You know, know, but I really was trying to make a difference solving problems. And and today I do that by working in law firms in the capacity. And when I work in a law firm, correct, Sam Adari basically is the owner of Adari Law Group. And I work in that capacity of talking with people, intake, seeing what their problems are. When it comes to legal and going to court, that's where someone like Sam Adari and the attorneys of the law firm do the legal aspect of it. But there's so much more. People come in all the time thinking they need a lawyer when a lot of it's actually very police related. Mm. So is it police related in the sense that they were in an accident and they just failed to wait for police to get there and to get a report type of situation or um, what, like you're obviously in the heart of downtown, if I'm not mistaken, right? That's where the law firm's at. Um, How many people, or let's keep it in the educational realm. How many people are you coming in that just have complete no understanding of how to handle their situation. Like even what Google has told them is wrong and you're pretty much having to rewire their brains. Like what's the percentage of that? So today actually, it's, it's interesting. Today was a usual day. Two people walked into the law office, right? Like I need to see a lawyer. So when I meet with them and I talk with them, they really don't need an attorney, but they just don't understand the police process. So the first person came in and said that the person's harassing them because their dog supposedly bit the other dog, right? Mm. And they live in an apartment complex and they're being harassed by that person. So when you ask a bunch of questions like, did you give your name? Did you give your apartment? Did you give the information? I would say, hey, speak to the community manager. Let them know what's going on. You can call the police. Call 911. Call 311. Stay away from the person, right? Mm-hmm. Tell them that if you want to go to look at the paperwork, to mail it to them. Or say, oh, you can take me to court and we can go to court and resolve that issue. Mm-hmm. But the, per- the person did not need an attorney at this point in time, right? They think they need an attorney. Mm-hmm. They also thought that they were defamed. You know, and people don't understand what the meaning of defamation of character, which means if I say that you basically had sex with 50 people and you're giving HIV to people and then you lose a contract, you lose work, you lose money, that's when you def- defamation of character where there's a loss of money, you mm-hmm. know, and that's one aspect of it in general. But this person was thought that they had a defamation claim and it was because that person saying, oh, my dog bit your dog. I mean, we really don't know, right? It could have been right. another dog. So it was nothing illegal related in regards to Sam Adari and the firm. So I basically said that if you need an attorney in the future, here's you know his card. Mm-hmm. But basically, you should speak to the community manager. You should you know call the police. I explained the difference of 311 and 911. Most people don't understand that. Also, there's a real fact that when you call 311, it can take you an hour. Yeah. So what do you do within the hour when some guy's harassing you? You know, when, when you when you say it's 911, how do you even articulate, which is a word, how do you explain that you're in fear for your life or your safety mm-hmm. to get the police to respond quicker, right? So that was like one whole aspect where it's not something like the lawyer would handle. It's yeah. all police related. Another guy comes in today basically um, talking about, now I thought it was more about a mental health issue where he was saying that um, like his identity and all these other issues uh, or data breach these days with the MGM and the things mm. going on the strip. Some, some of these things you need to notify the FBI. It's fbi.gov.us um, dot where you notify if there's any type of electronic fraud taking place or identity theft, right? There's fraud alerts that you can do with the three different credit agencies, right? All that stuff is police related, right? He comes in thinking that he needs an attorney. 
did some research about the law firm, but it's not something we do. Again, it's more of a, a victim of a crime situation. So a lot of people do come in with more police-related topics than when they need a lawyer. Car accident, injury, different, right? Mm -hmm. Someone like Sam Madari basically is going to go to court, going to fight, take it to trial, basically make an insurance claim, get the person medically, you know, treatment needed, mm -hmm. um, and and represent them. That's all a, the lawyer can do mm -hmm. in that particular case. But some people come in with very unusual situations, and I basically just try to get, get information and share with them. But when it comes down to practicing any type of law, that's where the lawyers would get involved. Makes sense. And we, we have some real Vegas magazines here. Hot off the press, hot off the press. And it looks like it says the rebel lawyer here, Sam Hadari. Correct. So tell me a little bit more about Sam and how long you guys have been working together and kind of what, you, I mean, you've been able to see the landscape of plenty of law firms. Uh, what really sets Sam apart? You know, it's interesting. So I know Sam for a few years, great guy, family man, um, lives in Henderson. And, you know, he actually went to UNLV uh, 2013, went to UNLV Law. And, you know, he's a local person, you know, local attorney that wants to help people. And he's trying to go above and beyond to basically you know, make a difference in the community in many different ways, not just with car accidents, injuries. You know, there's tons of attorneys that are out there, but he, he wants to help a lot of people. So that's why I kind of gravitated to Sam, where I felt that he really wanted to make a difference. And he's willing to even take his own money out of his own pocket to make a difference in the community, which is what we need. Mm -hmm. Instead of you seeing these billboards saying that, you know, they're, they're driving these uh, Bugattis and all these fancy cars. Like, what are they really doing to give back to the community mm -hmm. and not being like kind of selfish in some regards of, you know, buying stuff for yourself? Definitely. Right? So Sam basically, you know, has the same philosophy I do in regards to getting justice for people in general. And he's done a lot of things that he's kind of stepped up to the plate where he's given reward money. When there's a crime that's out there, mm. he is basically giving reward money to prevent crime and also to get justice to bring forward a tipster, you know, through Crime Stoppers to bring people forward to provide tips and then provide reward money to get that information so that the person can get arrested and mm. then justice can take place within our justice system. But if no one reports crime and provides tips, then we won't get justice, right? Correct. So the money becomes an incentive and Sam is taking money out of his own pocket to make an incentive to have the local people in the community to report crime so that yeah. we get justice and then also prevent a future death from taking place. And I'm not sure if you followed recently, there was a retired police chief that was in, um, in Vegas where there was two guys in a car and they recently were on videotaping bicycle, it on the bicycle. Correct. Yeah. And they, they, they had the intent to hurt that person on the bike they hit the guy, he gets killed, he dies. Luckily, they get the two guys, they have video of them basically driving around and uh, trying to cause, I think they a few days prior, they did the same thing. But if we don't know who they are, we, if, we, if we could prevent them or get information from the community, we can get them arrested so it prevents your family member possibly 100%. You know, from, getting, from getting killed. And that's what yeah. happened with uh, this guy just happened to be a retired police chief on a bicycle probably, exercising, he's retired. I think he just recently retired as well. So, like I said, Sam Madari, Hadari Law Group is, is going above and beyond. That's why I support him and his efforts, basically, you know, with the law firm. You know, he is a car accident injury attorney, also, you know, does other things as well. Mm -hmm. But I like the fact that he's willing to go above and beyond to make a difference in the community. Just like if he was a police chief or a fire chief, like, he is Definitely. making a difference in different ways, getting justice for people. Yeah, and I mean, for for those people out there that think, like, those things can be... I don't know how to put it, just maybe like clickbait or like, you know, like, oh my goodness, they, they're just putting an enormous amount of money up there just so that they can get, you know, people to see their law firm. But I really do see the other side of this as far as if you didn't do that, your brain would never go to reporting some of these things. 
And if even if, uh, you know, Sam doesn't see any action on the back end, the fact that he is willing to put his own money down to bring awareness to things in the community that will help us. Um, I have never seen any lawyer, uh, especially in Las Vegas, do anything like that. So I'm uh, I'm extremely pleased and happy to hear that. And uh, any other things, David, uh, that you have cooking up right now? Mr. Problem Solver Man. You know, at this point in time, you know, working out of the firm, working with Sam, you know, it's been great where, you know, just kind of allowed me to help people, you know, and in the police capacity by using my knowledge and experience. Again, when it comes down to providing legal service, that's where Sam Hadari and the attorneys at a Hadari Law Group, you know, will take play. And, um, and one thing that's really kind of interesting these days in regards to car accidents, I've learned a lot actually being more in the firm over the past year where, you know, when someone gets into a car accident and gets injured, what we don't realize is, it's kind of like a little bit of a lottery. When I say lottery, it works two ways. The lottery is just the money for you to get better, for to get healthier, right? Mm-hmm. If I hit your car and we get you get rear-ended, you and your family in the car, and you get really hurt, and I have no insurance, if mm-hmm. you don't have any extra supplemental insurance, you're basically screwed. Like, your health is screwed. Like, you can't afford, you know, unless you have insurance, you can't get better. Mm-hmm. So I never realized, even as a police officer, I would go to these car accidents, and I was always this more upset about doing the paperwork and giving someone a ticket. And it was always a hassle, you know, in general. Some cops liked that stuff to me. You know, it wasn't really exciting to go to an accident. And unless the person even needed help and medical attention, that was kind of cool, right? Because it's more of a super, life, right? superhero, right? But to do paperwork yeah. and exchange information and give a ticket, yeah. like, it was boring. It was monotonous. But to help people, it's different. Being that superhero figure, I always enjoyed that part of it. Um, but what I realize now is that people really need that extra insurance just to make sure that their health is covered, God forbid someone you know gets into an accident mm-hmm. and your family needs health, that you need that extra insurance. The problem is things cost money, right? Correct. Extra insurance, supplemental insurance. Most people don't even know what type of insurance they have. They don't know their policy. Um, and I, I kind of educate people these days, like what do you have in your insurance policy? If you get into an accident, you should check, meet with your insurance agent, come meet with Sam Hadari, go over your policy, just to be prevented. Most people do not know. Mm-hmm. And you really need that extra insurance because again, uh, someone said today, actually, out of four cars driving on the road, two of them probably don't have insurance and two of them are DUI, you know, because Jeez. basically giving out alcohol, you know, within the community, all the local casinos, people are drunk. Yeah. So if people don't have insurance and they're DUI, right, it's just basically, it's not the best situation. Mm-hmm. And Vegas is a little bit different, right, because we have all these different casinos. More likely people are under the influence in Las Vegas than it is probably in New York City mm-hmm. or in Los Angeles, right, because we're giving out the alcohol and no one's really counting, right? As long as you slip by, sit by a slot machine, you could drink. Good. You could drink for the next seventy-two hours. So it's definitely an issue and a problem with our community. And if you care about your loved ones in general, we need to be careful driving. Mm-hmm. Um, and we also need to make sure we have the proper insurance. But I will share one tip, which I think is a huge. Let's hear it. So most people that go to a red light, if you're the first row of cars at a red light, mm-hmm. most people when it turns green, like they want to go quick, right? They yeah. want to go through, right? I actually say that you should be counting at least seven seconds. Like literally count. One, two, three, four. Count to seven. Now, seven seconds actually may seem a long time, but it's really a short time. It does seem like a very long time. It seems when you counted, right? I would probably honk if I was behind you. I'd give you one honk. So even if you said five seconds, the problem is the guy at the other light where it's turning yellow and then turns red, he goes through it. So think about how many seconds that he's going to pass you. One, two, three. Four, five, right? So at seven seconds is really the best because at five, if you're depending what lane you are, you're more likely if you go through that green light, you're gonna hit the guy. Mm-hmm. At seven seconds, if the guy's trying to fly through, you'll pretty much make it. But believe it or not, if people follow that rule, if you're the first row of cars at a red light, mm-hmm. you'll probably survive. But these days, people are going through these red lights. They're going yellow, red. 
they're racing through it, and it's causing a lot of accidents, a lot of injuries. People are dying. I think we're at a, for Vegas, Clark County, we're at like 107 right now. We're in the month of going into October. 107 deaths, 107 lives, right? Yeah. So I really do believe if you look a lot of them, it's because people are going to go through a red light. Got it. And to, if you want to be preventive and you're at that first light, yeah, someone may honk behind you, but at least that you're going to be alive. Correct. You know, seven seconds later, right? Correct. So let them let them honk their horn. That's fine. You know, it's no big deal. But the problem is we are pressured, social anxiety, social stress yes. from, from the people in our community because they beep in the horn like, oh my God, I got to go. Like, you know, it's seven seconds. So I'm sure you'll leave today in the future. You start counting to see if it's too long. Yeah. But five is a, if you really needed two extra seconds. What if the spotlights or the streetlights went from green to yellow, then to red? Like, well, the problem so, is like that, so like instead of obviously red to yellow or well, yeah. I actually I mean? think that's why you need the extra two seconds from five to seven because they go at yellow, they're speeding up with green, so they're going quicker. Correct. So you play with it a little bit, you test for it. For sure, for sure. But I'm just thinking like once you get the green light, or maybe instead of from a, from a red light, it goes to a yellow light. So like you have to be cautious going out in there. And then it's green. All, all I mean, I've tracked it a bunch. Go. I think seven seconds is a good number. It's my seven seven second safety rule. Nice. From the problem solver. Yeah, so my I, dad always said it takes seven seconds to change your life forever. So that's a. So I think a it's a good, good rule to basically yeah. to share with people and people you know embed that um, with their driving. Like I said, I think it's the first row because the first row is the one yeah. that's going to be hit. Right, the second row you're adding a few extra seconds from them leaving, so it's not a concern. But anyway, people just need to be careful driving. I think things are getting worse. I think a little bit of a I think our society is changing a little bit. We seem to notice now in Los Angeles, those people are coming here as well. They're moving here, but a lot of people in LA, like it seems a little bit lawless these days. And uh, I'm concerned about people's safety. So you have to watch yourself, watch your property. You have to make sure that you basically protect your home and the community. Um, at the same time, you got to be careful when you're driving around because, like I said, there's a lot of accidents, and it's the number one like city, you know, probably in the U.S. where people like to have fun and then yeah. get get in the car, man. Um, so, David, I am appreciative of all these magazines that you brought by us here today. Real Vegas, Real Vegas magazine. Make sure you guys go and check them out. This is the Real Vegas Junkies podcast, and I am joined today with David Colmeyer. Any last things you want to plug, David? You know, if you go inside the Real Vegas, this one just came off uh, the shelf. You know, we just uh, got a big stack of them. But basically inside here is an article basically of Sam Ryan Hadari, the rebel lawyer. He's basically known as the rebel lawyer because he went to UNLV Law and uh, kind of nicknamed rebel because he's really big with the rebels. He's always donating money and stuff like that. So there's a really, really good article about him, people to know him a little bit more um, since he's a local attorney in town. So um, it's HadariLawGroup.com. And anyone that speaks Spanish is AbogadosConExperiencia.com. And if you need help, you know, I'm the problem solver. Sam Adari is with Hadari Law Group. Basically, if you need help, we need an attorney. So I definitely um, um, very much for having an attorney when you need representation. Some people believe they can do it on their own. But when you need a lawyer, you need a lawyer. You got to get a lawyer. So if I yes. can help as the problem solver, again, I'm always available. I like to be available 24-7. And then, like I said, Hadari Law Group uh, can be reached at 702-999-7777. That's 999-7777. So... I appreciate you having me on the show. If I can Absolutely, help you guys in the future, David. please let me know. I'm going to keep you close in contact. Thank you all for listening. Make sure you like and subscribe. We'll see you next week.